Welcome to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Good Saturday morning to you and good morning to you, Bill. How are you? Good morning, Jason. Doing great. Have you have you bought your uh, special sunglasses to watch the eclipse on Monday? Uh, no. You know, I'm a pretty conservative guy when it comes to uh, risk. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, and while I'm excited about the fact that we're having a phenomenon that uh, uh, comes around uh, very rarely, mm-hmm. um, and it should be spectacular, uh, my intention is, quite frankly, is to watch it on television. I am sure that there will be some really good, um, safe pictures uh, that will do uh, well for me. Uh, probably better than any view that I get because more than likely uh, wherever I am on Monday uh, there'll be a cloud between me and and what I want to look at so uh, I'm excited about what's going on Uh, and and I would also hasten to add that um, uh, if anyone has uh, uh, purchased their special sunglasses online uh, they better worry about it because there's been a lot of fraudulent mm-hmm. sunglasses uh, advertised, if you will, online. And if if you bought an inexpensive, safe pair of glasses for this, I would be more inclined to watch it on television uh, than to actually – because the risk is huge in terms of what it does, uh, you know, if, if you don't have the right kind of – of eyewear or eye protection, uh, you can basically cause blindness. Uh, you know what it what it does to your retinas is uh, pretty serious. Well, I'm not surprised you're taking that approach. Uh, <laughs> eyesight is an invaluable asset, and I can see you doing anything to protect it. So I'm I'm not surprised. Well, in that I regard. am into asset protection. That's and right. I do think your eyes are are <laughs> very important to protect. Um, you know, it's it's just that's what it's all about. Although it is, it is pretty cool that uh, that it's coming around in our lifetime, and that we'll uh, have the opportunity to to see what it's really like. And and you know, from a historical perspective, it's 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 interesting to think about the phenomenon as you know, if if you were you know here four or five hundred years ago anywhere in the world Mm -hmm. and to see that in terms of what you would think it 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 was and you know what was behind it and what what is its meaning and those kinds of things it's um uh at least at this point we have a scientific basis and we know what's going on (laughs) yeah i i can imagine that there were a lot of confused minds uh, a few hundred years ago well uh, i'm with you i'm gonna I'm going to sit this one out, and I'll, I'll wait for the HD pictures to come out, and I think I'll be okay in there. Well, right you know, for you, you really need to, to warn your children um, because, you know, they're probably at a far greater risk than, than we are. We know better, right? but they don't. Well, he's 10 months old, so we're just going to keep him inside, and that's, we'll, that's a we'll good, hang out. That's a good idea. Okay, well, last week, Bill, we had a really great show uh, talking about self-directed IRAs and some neat opportunities for people, and uh, we're kind of going to go on a, a somewhat similar track this week with some interesting ideas. Well, I, I, I really enjoy this kind of, of thing uh, because I like to talk to folks about concepts, about things that they can do that they're not going to hear from uh, 
uh, hardly any type of investment advisor. Uh, sometimes it can be really important. The self-directed IRA that we spent almost an hour last week talking about, uh, it's not for everybody. Uh, but it is for those folks who um, are entrepreneurs that want control of their money uh, and they know that they have a way of investing that is stronger and safer than just putting their money in uh, the stock market. Um, you know, whether it's mutual funds, stocks, bonds, whatever it is, there are an awful lot of folks, particularly those who invest in real estate, um, that do far better in terms of returns uh, than those who take the risk of the markets. And so self-directed IRAs are for those type of investors uh, who want control of their investment accounts and can put their retirement accounts um, and see most, I mean, anybody that knows this stuff, there's some, would tell you that you can't mix retirement accounts and non-retirement accounts. But actually, in a self-directed IRA, there is a lawful way where you can, you're not mixing it, you're keeping it separate, but you can use properties together. In other words, you can use a retirement account as one entity and other property, whether it be a trust or another investor that's using a different kind of property um, uh, into uh, to make that work. So, you know, again, it's the kind of thing where if somebody wants to do that, um, it's a very specialized knowledge. Uh, we're probably one of the few places in North Carolina where you can actually go to uh, get the kind of knowledge you need to set up a, this kind of self-directed uh, IRA. Very good. And uh, we're going to be talking about another subject that uh, where you guys are probably the only ones who know enough about this to get some reliable advice as well. Well, um, the, the thing that uh, another unique um, thing, and, and this is not for everyone, again, um, uh, it's called a, a restricted property trust, a restricted property trust. And this is specifically designed for business owners. Okay. Uh, it's not designed for anybody else. Um, this is not about retirement accounts. It's actually about life insurance and a business owner's ability to deduct the life insurance premiums. And if anybody's out there, insurance people, they'll say, oh, no, that's illegal. You can't do that. That's, that'll get you in trouble. The, and that is the general rule. Life insurance premiums are not deductible. And I'll be the first attorney to say that over the years, there have been numerous scams uh, to try to get people to buy life insurance and with some kind of play that it's deductible. Uh, because that, that has meaning to people if they can deduct the premiums on life insurance. But um, the bottom line is, is that there is one unique way that's not a scam. Uh, it, uh, and it's called a restricted property trust. Um, 
uh, it was actually developed uh, by a very bright uh, person down in Charlotte. Hmm. Um, so there are a few others other than uh, us here in Raleigh who understand what a restricted property trust is and how it can work. Uh, but it is a very unique uh, and tested. And by tested, I mean that this uh, particular uh, way of, of uh, uh, doing this has been audited nationally. In, in other words, a major audit. Uh, and, and it has passed every, every audit. Uh, it's been audited more than once. But bottom line is it has passed every audit with, that, with flying colors. It's, this particular methodology has not been problematic for the folks who's, who's done it. And for those um, people who are worried about, oh, well, I don't want to get anything that the IRS is going to come after and audit, bottom line is that uh, the fellow who developed this down in, in Charlotte, um, he doesn't charge anything to the folks who um, uh, use his own methodology to do it. In other words, he represents them in an audit uh, so that there's no attorney fee or other thing and wow. a CPA fee involved in the audit uh, when it's regarding uh, a restricted property trust. So he stands behind uh, this particular thing. Who's it for? It's uh, particularly for for business owners that uh, need life insurance for buy-sell agreements. Uh, that is a huge way. Or just other business owners that um, could use life insurance in one way or another that's uh, uh, particularly uh, helpful. Um, so uh, for those uh, uh, folks who are saying, well, what's the basis of, of this, um, this thing? It's actually Section 83B uh, from the Internal Revenue Code uh, that allows for restricted property. Uh, and it's, it's got some negatives to it. I mean, as anything, you know, has pros and cons. Uh, a restricted uh, property t trust actually uh, requires uh, it, you to pay tax in advance for five years um, on the trust. So it's, it's a little bit different. Uh, and here's the biggie. There's also what's called a risk of forfeiture, and that's what makes it deductible, quite frankly. And so, in in essence, if things don't go the way you expect them to go, the investment could be lost completely. Mm -hmm. So it's not a free ride, uh, but to the degree that uh, it it actually does work, uh, and it works extremely well. And it's called a restricted property trust for business owners that need um, or would like to have life insurance uh, and to be able to deduct the premium. So there, um, uh, there, there are some issues uh, with it that people need to know. They need to go in with their eyes wide open in terms of understanding how it works and what the risks are. Um, but for um, most business owners, it's uh, being able to, to deduct the premiums uh, for substantial life insurance policies is, is uh, clearly uh, worth, worth the risk as it relates uh, to the downside issues involved in, in uh, this particular methodology. But like I say, it's not, this is not uh, the kind of thing for the faint at heart. 
and it's it's not for everybody. It is simply for those uh, those limited purpose folks who are out there. And if there's if if this applies to you, come see us. We we can help at W G Alexander and Associate. This is. Uh, some of the different kinds of things that we can do and help people with. A um, little different, though. Yeah, and we're talking about uh, restricted property trusts, and we're going to continue our conversation in just a bit. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. You can find more about him online at WGALaw.com. You're listening to News Radio 680 WPTF. News Radio 680 WPTF. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with uh, Attorney Bill Alexander here on uh, News Radio 680 WPTF. Uh, quick uh, announcement. want to let everyone know that uh, a, a partner of yours, Bill, your senior associate, Shazia Keller, is having a seminar on wills, trusts, VA pension, and asset protection. That'll be September 7th. Uh, I believe that's a Thursday. So this will be a, a nice opportunity for some folks to get some valuable information. We had Shazi on the show a few months back. She did a great job. So I'm, I'm excited to, to hear what, uh, you know, what will happen at the seminar and, you know, some valuable information for folks. Well, I, Shazia does a great job, and she puts on a, a terrific seminar. And, and this is one that I've done myself. Uh, uh, so I know that she's excited about it, and the folks over at Cambridge Village of Apex, uh, where she's doing the seminar, um, are excited to have her. Uh, and so for those folks who um, are trying to get some additional information on estate planning or veterans' pension, uh, it's a good opportunity to do that. Um, so I would encourage folks to sign up, and they sign up by calling our office, uh, which is uh, 919-256-7000, uh, and just uh, letting us know uh, that you're planning to attend. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing you at Cambridge Village on September 7th. Very good. That'll be a great opportunity to get some information from Shazia. And, Bill, uh, well, I guess we'll head back to talking about restricted property trusts. Well, actually, I want to test your history. Oh, boy. I, <laughs> Bill, you're always, you're always quizzing me on these shows. But all right. I'm, well, that's I'm what game. makes it fun. Okay. So, go. all right. So, um, uh, you realize uh, in, in that the Dutch— came over uh-huh. and purchased Manhattan from the Indians, right? Right. How much did they pay? Uh, it, it was something ridiculous, like $300 or something. Oh, no. Am I way high? You didn't read your, your history lesson very well Uh-oh. that day. Um, actually, um, they traded trinkets mm. uh, primarily okay. for the land. Uh, but the fair market value of the trinkets— uh, for all of Manhattan was twenty four dollars. Twenty four. At least that's what the history books say. <laughs> that was a bad deal. Twenty four dollars. Well, great deal for the Dutch. Well, Not yes. so good for the Indians. No, they okay. they got the raw deal on that one. But they got the trinkets that they wanted, and it was <laughs> arms link, uh, an arms length transaction. So we can't. Uh, uh, you know, if somebody gives you a, a good deal, you're going to take it, aren't you? Yep, I guess so. Hard okay. to pass up New York or All Manhattan. Right. So, okay. Now, so here's here's the now we're going to bring this history le- lesson forward, and um, uh, okay. So you paid twenty four dollars. How much is your investment worth today? If you owned all of Manhattan, 
all of Manhattan. Oh boy, um, I would guess maybe you're maybe you're talking about close to a trillion dollars or so. No, well, actually, for at least uh, from what I've read, uh, the real estate in Manhattan is worth about twelve billion dollars. Okay, okay, but that's pretty pretty good return on your investment. Yeah, I'd say so. Okay, twenty four dollars into twelve billion—that's that's pretty nice. Not bad, but it took a long time to get there. That's true. That's All true. Right. Now, here's another question uh, that is a math question. All right. So, if you took twenty four dollars, all right, uh, at the time that the Dutch bought Manhattan, and it had an investment return of 6.5% of compound interest each year, how much would that be worth? Oh, brother. Um, we're talking about a couple hundred years. Uh, let's say sim- this, a similar amount. Let's well, say. it's more than a couple hundred, but okay, um, $42 billion. Okay, well, they should have invested that. Well, the, the point is, I mean, uh, you know, while most of us recognize that real estate can be extraordinarily good in terms of investing, uh, and, and quite frankly, buying Manhattan for $24 was a much safer investment than putting your $24 in the market. Okay, it was secured as well, you know, Mm because you had the real estate securing that investment. Um, But uh, and of course, we all know that the markets don't go straight up. We don't get six and a half percent every year, you know, without fail. You know, now on average, you know, on average, uh, if you look at the markets. Over just about any 15-year period, you're looking at about an 8% return uh, in the equities uh, market, uh, not in bonds, of course. Mm-hmm. But, um, uh, you, you know, 8, 8% is pretty darn good. The problem is, particularly for seniors, that 8% may be a negative 25 when you need to pull your money out. Right. And that's that's what makes when getting older um, have problems, if you will. Uh, but it's, it is significant to think that over that same period of time, you know, you went from $24 to $12 billion, but with compound interest, it would go to $42 billion. That's That's – you know that's a Warren. This is a Warren Buffett quote. Quite frankly, it's uh, just talks about the power of compound interest. Yeah, and uh, one of the reasons why I, I bring it up is that the restricted property trust actually has an extraordinary um, investment return. If you're looking at it as a return, um, it it actually has a better result than a 9% return on investment. That's pretty darn good. Yeah, that's that's very good. <laughs> so, um, however, you know, the, the thing about it is uh, with a restricted property, you know, like I said, there was risk. And the way this particular one is set up, it's not a – it's the, the, the rule, the test is substantial risk. But how do you define substantial? That's that's a real question, a real problem, particularly if you were thinking about it in terms of an IRS 
auditor, that sounds like um, what'd you have for breakfast type of, of question in terms of where, do, where does, is the line drawn? So th- this particular restricted property trust that I would recommend if people are interested uh, has a 100% possibility of risk. So if you miss a payment, you have a 100% risk of for- forfeiture. Then basically um, the money ends up going to charity. Mm. Uh, and th- that's set up at the time. But, but the bottom line is you can't miss a payment. Right. <laughs> so – uh, because a hundred percent risk is very easy to define. That's that's greater than a substantial risk. Right. Um, and so, from a uh, from an accounting and our you know uh, audit point of view, it it's really very very good because you don't have to worry about whether it'll meet the test. But from a what if I miss a, te- a payment ty- type of perspective, that's not so good. <laughs> so. You know, like I said, risk reward, risk reward. That's right. Uh, so for the for the right client, a restricted property trust uh, is uh, extraordinarily meaningful. Yeah, just set those reminders in your phone to to make your payments every month. Otherwise, you'll mm-hmm. you'll be in a heap of trouble. Right. Well, we'll uh, continue our conversation on restricted property trusts in just a bit. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Find more about him at wgalaw.com. This is News Radio 680 WPTF. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. I'm Jason Kong uh, alongside the uh, the always wonderful Bill Alexander, and he's giving us another great lesson on a, a, a little-known uh, investment opportunity or a form of asset protection, I guess. And this is called the Restricted Property Trust. And we just learned that, uh, boy, you better make your payments on time. Otherwise, you're you're in for some trouble with this one. Well, again, I go back to uh, the point that we made at the very beginning is that this particular um, technique is for just certain folks. Uh, it's not for everybody, mm-hmm. and that's that's the key. It's got to be used by the right people. It's not for everybody. Uh, so, again, it's for business owners that have plenty of cash uh, and plenty of incentive and need life insurance, uh, and they want the opportunity to um, make that deductible. It's perfect for those companies that are doing well and the owners – need buy-sell agreement um, insurance. Uh, It's really perfect for that. Very good. Well, what else do we need to know about restricted property trusts? Well, I I mean, truthfully, uh, for this show, I think that's about it. I mean, it's the kind of thing where why would you go into the weeds uh, on something that only applies to a few folks? And uh, But it's interesting for folks to know about these things that – you know, that it's out there, that it exists, and it's available to the folks um, who need it. Yeah, especially, as you said, this is something that if you brought up this idea of deducting life insurance to most advisors, they'd, they'd think that you're crazy, or they'd say that you can't do that. Well, of course, they they would say. And, and like I said, uh, the general rule is you cannot deduct life insurance premiums, uh, and you also have to be wary of a bunch of scams that are out there, um, and you see you know, one or two a year uh, where folks are are trying to to get you to buy life insurance and 
and this is their way of giving you extra incentive. But but this a restricted property trust is a technique that has been tested. It works, and it's not a scam. So it's the kind of thing where if someone is is really interested in it, they can contact us, and we'll um, set set them up. Make sure that that folks know the pros and cons and what the risks are before they they do it. But that that it's available to them, and it's a really important concept that works. Yeah, and you can uh, always get up with Bill at WGALaw.com or give the office a call, 919-256-7000, if if you've got Mm -hmm. some questions related to restricted property trusts. Well, Bill, where where are we going from here? Well, um, I think uh, what I wanted to talk about, uh, and I'm going back a little bit to IRAs, and that is is that uh, the expectation is that uh, the rules for IRAs um, in terms of uh, leaving it to your children um, are going to change. <laughs> and uh, it's really important for f- with l- folks with larger retirement accounts to understand this change because it's substantial. Uh, and and while most of us don't have these super large retirement accounts, there are an awful lot of folks who do. And and quite frankly, the younger people in the crowd are very likely to have very very large retirement accounts when they get to retirement. Um, and s- some of us will spend every penny of r- our retirement accounts. And then, but there will also be an awful lot of folks that uh, have retirement accounts that they don't want to do anything more than minimum required distributions, and it grows and grows and grows, and then you die. And then there's a substantial retirement account that goes to your family. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's um, you know, what we have had up to now is where uh, you could leave all of your retirement account to your children, and uh, we could either do it through a trust or through them individually, and you would have lifetime distributions. In other words, the children, um, they, they're, they're called an inherited IRA. And there's a big difference in terms of minimum required distributions for children than for the retirement account holder or your spouse. You know, those rules are completely different. But for a child who inherits an IRA or grandchild, you have a minimum required distribution the very first year and every year thereafter. And, of course, uh, anyone who understands what a stretched IRA is will tell you that it's wise to only for a young person only to take those minimums and let the account grow, grow, grow. Okay. All right. And of course, this is um, um, going to become more and more important for people your age, uh, Jason, um, because you're going to have to rely on your retirement accounts uh, and savings, but most of that's going to be retirement accounts to basically live in retirement. You know, Social Security, while it will exist, it's not going to pay your way. It's not going to be enough to pay for food and clothes and, and housing and heat and and, uh, uh, and the like. Uh, so in essence, your retirement accounts 
going to be what you depend upon. So how you invest it and how you accumulate it and how you preserve it and protect it will be extremely important to you. And did this will blow your mind. Um, did you know how old are you now, Jason? I'm 32. The big three two. Okay, so you're the old. You're the age of my children. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> just for perspective. There we go. Did you know that that your age group, those age 20 to 35, mm-hmm. your generation, if you will, the millennials, as we're I didn't want to use the M word. That's okay. Okay, that. You ha- you are now the millennials are now uh, uh, the uh, let's put it this way the the baby boomers are no longer the largest generation right the millennials have overpassed the boomers <laughs> I'm a boomer <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, we've uh, yeah we've we've outlasted the boomers I guess well uh, well that that's a slam dunk I mean <laughs> no no question about that but you know it's it's uh, pretty amazing when you think about that that there could be uh, a generation that has um, you know where the numbers equal or exceed uh, baby boomers, because yeah. that was a unique circumstance for the boomers, if you will. It certainly was. Um, so it's it's pretty cool. But okay, what does this mean? What's the, what do we expect the tax laws to look like as it relates to um, the Trump tax plan? Mm-hmm. And uh, this is more than just the Trump tax plan. So my expectation is that it will become law. And that is is that uh, you will no longer be able to stretch for an inherited IRA for the children and grandchildren uh, an IRA that exceeds $450,000. Now, there are a lot of folks out there that say, gee whiz, I'd love to have $450,000 in a retirement account because most people don't. But like I said, there are an awful lot of folks who – uh, may not have $450,000 today. There are plenty who do, but more than likely, Jason, you're going to be one of those when you when you get to be 70 years old. So <laughs> it's, um, it's the kind of thing where um, retirement accounts grow tax-deferred, and, of course, you can put money into your retirement account and not have to pay current income tax on it and let that tax defer for many, many years, which – um, is pretty nice on both sides in terms of the tax deduction that you get on one side. It's not included in your income tax return. And the fact that it grows tax-free until you take it out. Now, of course, with a regular traditional Roth, you you are required to take it out at 70 and one-half years of age. In other words, that's when you have minimum required distributions. And the other rule is, is that you can't take anything out until you reach 59 and a half without a penalty. So, yes, it's your money. Yes, you can take it out. Uh, and there are also a couple exceptions uh, to the 59 and a half rule, actually several. Um, and so uh, if, if you find yourself in a situation where – you're younger than 59 and a half, and the only funds that you have available are your retirement accounts. Uh, and there's a crisis in your life where you need um, to access that money. You need to, to see um, 
if you fall into the exceptions where or and actually there is a process where most people can uh, get to their retirement money if they need to I would just you'd be the first one to caution people that you, you really don't want to be using the money that you'll need in retirement prior to reaching retirement but you know sometimes crisis uh, comes uh, at unexpected times where it's the only money that might be available to folks so uh, they need to understand that so in the past I have told many folks um, uh, not to worry about converting a traditional IRA to a Roth IRA you know that because quite frankly under the current law um, conversion doesn't help an awful lot of folks. A lot of folks don't even think about conversion until they're in their late 40s or early 50s when they can, quote, afford to do it. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, the problem is is that when folks are in their 40s and 50s, they're typically in their highest earning years. In other words, they're at their highest tax bracket mm-hmm. as opposed to their lowest tax bracket. And the best time to be um, buying a Roth is when? Before that. When you're in your lowest That's tax right. bracket. And, then, and actually, it's one of the reasons why I counsel grandparents and parents all the time, if they can afford it, and they're trying to do something for their young children, uh, is to do a deal with their young children when they start working to help them contribute to a Roth IRA. Uh, because guess what? When you're 18 years old or 16 years old and you're making a little bit of money, uh, are you going to think – are you even thinking about putting that in a Roth IRA? That's probably the last thing you're thinking You're about. <laughs> thinking about, I need to save my money for a, a, a car. I need to save my money for a date. I need to save my money for something. But it's not retirement. <laughs> okay. And so – but – this is when you're in your lowest tax bracket. And, you know, so your ability to um, uh, uh, let's say you're a kid and you've only made $5,000 in that year mowing grass or whatever. Well, the fact is, this is earned income. So you can contribute that entire amount, $5,000 up to $5,500, to a Roth IRA. Now, we know that the the kid who's mowing the grass is not going to do that. But if granddad comes in and says, I want you to start a Roth IRA, and so here's a gift so that you can contribute it to uh, a Roth, and you, and you do that while, when you're young, that is extraordinarily powerful yeah. because you got several things going on. Number one, you're contributing at the lowest tax rate, down to zero possibly. Mm-hmm. And then everything that's contributed grows income tax-free, so it can grow and grow and grow and grow and grow for 50 years. Well, that's huge, right? And then guess what? You take A Roth, you take it out tax-free, and there's nothing better than being able to take out money tax-free. That's, that's right. wonderful. So anyway, um, it's, it's, an opportun- it's an opportunity. It's easy. It's not complicated uh, it, uh, legally or otherwise. It just takes a generous parent or grandparent who understands how the time value of money can make a huge difference in a person's life. Now, 
for those who have these mega retirement accounts and assuming that the law changes, then what that means is that this is where you're, you need to see your accountant, your CPA, to uh, analyze a Roth conversion because most people, particularly married uh, folks who have these mega accounts, can at least contribute uh, or convert, and you can convert an unlimited amount from a traditional IRA to a Roth IRA in any one year, but most people have room within their tax rate mm-hmm. to where they could convert uh, their retirement accounts and not pay any any additional, in other words, not a higher rate of tax. You know, th- this is what you call good tax planning, and guess what? This is something we do at W.G. Alexander & Associates. Of course, it's a matter of how you look at things, but if you're not going to increase your tax rate, then that's a good deal. Yeah. And then you can convert it. Uh, and, and so the bottom line is is that the trick is to uh, convert um, IRAs that are greater than $450,000 or what will grow into $450,000 that at least for the property that you want to leave your children and grandchildren. And if you're using your retirement accounts for that, then this is where you go. Um, And guess what? For your generation, the retirement accounts are going to be your biggest asset by far. It's going to be far larger than the value of your home. You're not going to have anything else that approaches the value of your retirement account. So knowing how to use your retirement account is a pretty big thing. Okay. Yep, that's uh, some very valuable information. A quick break and back. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. News Radio 680 WPTF. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with uh, Attorney Bill Alexander. And uh, Bill, we've been talking about uh, IRAs and retirement accounts, and uh, again, some some more interesting information, especially for uh, for some millennials out there who might be listening. Well, absolutely. I mean, and and you know, while you know that that uh, most of what I do is for successful business owners and and for seniors and long-term care needs and, and issues facing seniors, you know, these things are important uh, to your generation too. Uh, now, an, another group, and this is something that you're, again, your financial advisors are not going to tell you, um, is that uh, once you reach 59 and a half, there are, uh, there's, there's folks who really should be looking at using your retirement accounts, and it has everything to do with income tax planning and best use of your money. Um, You know, we've talked about Social Security. One reason to use your uh, retirement account is to delay your Social Security election because uh, the difference between taking Social Security at 62 and 70 is about 72%. Yeah, that's huge. It is huge. And and having more income in your later years um, is um, – r- it really makes a substantial difference. And I, I'll use myself. 
if I if I had taken Social Security at sixty two, my monthly check would have been about fifteen hundred dollars, give or take a few dollars. If I took it at sixty six, my full retirement age would be about twenty five hundred dollars. But if I delay till age seventy, which is the maximum retirement age, I get about thirty five hundred dollars a month. Wow. So it's almost a two thousand dollar difference between a month a forever month. until I die. That's right. If I take it. Uh, well, to the degree that I have retirement accounts and I have spending needs, um, re- particularly if I have a good life expectancy, I'm far better to use my retirement accounts and to delay my Social Security election. Now, it also has to do with, okay, should I convert to Roth? I don't need the money, but but maybe I should convert to Roth. Well, while you're married, your tax brackets are much higher than if you're unmarried. If you're retired, and um, I mean, the, the biggest difference, I guess, for those who are at the 15% bracket, you know, if you're married, you can have earned income up to $75,000. If you're single, the limit is 37. That pushes you to the 25% bracket. Well, that's a big difference. And so folks really need to know that there's tax planning that they should do while they're married, knowing that when one dies, their tax bracket could go up. Yep, those brackets make a very big difference. You're listening to News Radio 680 WPTF. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. I'm Jason Kong. I just want to remind everyone uh, you can catch Bill tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. on the CW22 with his TV show Money Secrets. And you can also find his uh, senior associate, Shazia Keller, who was on the show previously. She's having a seminar all about wills, trusts, VA pension, and uh, all sorts of asset protection on September 7th. That's a Thursday at Cambridge Village of Apex. Uh, Please register in advance for that if you'd like to attend. You can call the office at 919-256-7000. That's 919-256-7000. Again, another opportunity for some folks to get some great information from Shazi. Absolutely. We hope hope folks will call and sign up. Yes, and we hope you will join us again next week on Asset Protection Today. We'll see you next Saturday at 11. This is News Radio 680 WPTF.